Tonight is October 8th, 2021, and I'm actually going to record an episode of which I wrote. <laughs> so segments, yay. Um, this will be known as the marriage contract. <laughs> very, very controversial topic to talk about these days. Because everyone has their their view or their opinion. And so um, to start off the thinking out loud, it really starts with a question of, do you think marriage is outdated? And this time in society, is there a need for it anymore? And so really as we go through this episode, the, the question... We'll start there, take you through some history, take you through some some thoughts of, you know, are we doing what we need to do? <laughs> but really, you know, that's, that's the question. I mean, do we think it's outdated? Is, it, is there a need for it? Um, I'll just start with, with what I feel and what I think. It's all kind of wrapped up into it i as far as thinking that it's outdated i will say the terms and conditions of it the way the law works with it recognized by the state is outdated i will never believe that marriage is an outdated concept tradition or practice Um, and i will never think that it's there's no need for it so Keep that in mind (laughs) when you hear this episode and when you listen to what I kind of walk you through as we take you through the marriage contract, you know, what is the why when I start to kind of break down, you know, um, how that works, because the marriage contract, we're going to give you the core of, you know, marriage practices, traditions, establishment, and then, you know, what is the why and what is the why will be centered around children, you know, because I think children are a big topic about why marriage is important. I believe that if you plan to have children, you should be trying to get married. And a secret secret to the men, which I'll I'll expound upon when I get to that section is, if you want to have children in this country, um you should probably be marrying the woman that you're having children with because you're not making a very smart decision if you aren't married to the woman that is bearing your child. Um, I live in a state in which that matters. There's some states where it probably wouldn't. But at the end of the day, there's a few reasons why I think that is important. Um, and I'll, I'll just drop that here and then we'll, we'll talk about it later. But one, I think as far as overall um, continuity and structure to your family, there's a story that can be told. A lot of kids don't get that story of like, all right, you're here. Well, how did you meet my dad? That's a subject they don't want to talk about. Women don't want to talk about. Or how did you meet my mom? Eh. You know, it's a touchy subject. If, if you're married to someone and you get divorced, you have that time where it was a good period of time. I had not ended well, but hey, still, there was still a story in which it, th- there's a connected experience. And then two, for protection. If you're a man and you have you bear a child with a woman and you're not married to her, your rights, you don't have any really. 
<laughs> you're just you're just the ATM. But if you're married to a person and you're going through divorce, then you have some rights. You have a scalable, um, I guess, piece to this where you can come to the table and say, okay, hey, look, this is this is what I want. I'm a father. I'm a part of this. Now, each, keep in mind, each state's different. There are a lot of states, kind of like the one I live in, that's a mommy state. And then, you know, as far as, um, I'm, 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 you know, to tie it in, because I'm kind of giving you my experience, to think divorce. I mean, if you have a contested divorce, it's going to be a little bit different situation when it comes to custody than it will be an uncontested when you bring your terms to the state and you say, this is what we're going to do. We've come together. We figured it out. I think that's very important that people think about it. I look at society now and people are just having children left and right and they don't think about marriage. And for me, for me to want to have someone's child, to, you know, to be someone's father, the the person I'm having a child with, I'm going to need to have a relationship with them that's more than a night or more than a few months. Like I, I, it's got to be a connected experience. And so um, I don't think it's one of these let's race to marriage, but it's like for me, it's part of why I've retired out of the, the child business is, and, and when I mean the child business, I mean, I'm just not going to have any more, um, is, you know, I've, I've got to be connected to this person. I've got to want to share an experience and want to have a child with this person. I, I can't just go and, you know, pop up and have a child with just any Tom, Dick and Harry, or I should say Jane, Sue and Sally. <laughs> I just, that doesn't work for me. It doesn't work in my mentality. You know, um, marriage was never the construct that was told to me that was important, but it was a, a construct that was listed to me as the family. You know, if you're going to go out in the world and have a family, you need to do it in a way that involves marriage. You know, you're making a commitment in front of God, <laughs> hell, the state as well, and this person. You're taking up that covenant. And for me, um, you know, uh, people have asked me the question, would I do it again? There was a time there was a time where I believed I, I could do it again. And then there was a time where I, I didn't believe I could do it again. And so um, I'll take you to that just a second. I just want to wrap in, in, in this part of um, when it comes to children, I think marriage should always be a thought process. And I'll talk about that. And what is the why um, if you, if you're a man and you listen to this and you are literally just <laughs> having kids with a woman, you give her all the power and all the control. And I think, I think that's another reason why marriage doesn't work these days because the power dynamics have completely shifted. Um, and that's where we lead ourselves to divorce. Uh, no one should be getting married thinking about, Hey, I might get a divorce, but you should be smart enough to understand that you have to protect yourself and your investment. And um, I think that's why a lot of men get it. A lot of men get it. Like at my age now, I don't see value in marrying anyone because the only way that I could do it now, like, okay, so let me go back. When I got divorced, I was like, I'll never do it again. Oh my God, it was horrible. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you feel, you feel that way and you feel so strong about it. But (laughs) 
then I came into a period where I did fall in love again. I did see value in that person. And for me to see value in someone, it, a relationship starts to move itself toward marriage. Like I'm making that ultimate commitment. Um, don't worry. Um, <laughs> not going to do it. And it really wasn't that relationship that drew, drove me back to the space of I can't do it. It's really society. Um, I've talked about this before. I have a really big need for reciprocity. And the way that I love and the way that I give is without limits. If if you are my person, if you are someone I love, then I'm going to go to the wall for you. I will die for you. And that is not how everyone thinks. I think we live in a time frame where people are, you know, we went from disposable cameras to digital cameras. And now we've went from connected experiences and relationships to disposable ones. And so you never know if you're, you could be married to someone, make the ultimate commitment, and then they could just jump out the window on you. And that's a tough experience to go through and, and be a part of. And so I think on both sides, you have women who are like, I have to secure my future. If I have kids and this man leaves, what do I have for it? And then you have men who are like, well, if I meet this woman and we're together, we have children, and then she jumps out the window on me. Now I'm sleeping in a cardboard box because she has the house. I'm paying alimony and child support, and it's not really a flexible system to where I can thrive. Then you have mothers who believe that because they bore the child, that fathers don't matter in the system, and fathers do, you know? And and so there's there's so many elements to marriage that cause issues. When you think about marriage, it's between two people. And, you know, if you're a religious person, you're taking the covenant of God. And then either way, if you don't believe in it and you're doing marriage, the American way, you're the state is involved. You know, it's not, it's not like a civil union. Like for me, the only marriage um, that I will take without a prenup would be a civil union because it is in a way recognized, but the state doesn't have a part in it. And that's what it comes down for me. I don't, I do not believe that a state should have any rights into how you partner and do your relationships. The state should only be there if you need assistance with, um, if for some reason you can't be an adult and sort your, your money the right way or when there are children involved. Um, because being a parent is a 50, 50 joint venture. You know what I mean? It's not a 64. It's it's a 50-50 thing. And in this society, there are a lot of women who've been able to play on that equality string, which might make some people mad with that. But this is one area that has not really got the light shined on it in equality. And so when you think about the system, is it broken? It is completely broken. And I know from a lot of guys my age, we look at it this way. Why would I marry a woman and risk everything? I'm coming to the table and I'm putting down all the chips. I'm the one who risked the house. I risk my future and you don't have to risk any of that. And you can walk away with all the proceeds. Why would I do, what do I get out of that? <laughs> you know, I can cook, I can clean, I can maintain a house myself. We're not in, and I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, let's be traditional. Like, nah. I don't have a traditional scale about marriage. I never did. I'm not someone who believes a woman should be at home. The way I looked at marriage was 
I looked at it in, I guess, the this traditional way. Um, you are bringing two homes together to make the, the best genes um, to sure up wealth. That's how I see it now. A lot of times in that time, woman still didn't work. She took care of the house. But we live in a society now where you need multiple streams of income. And so for me, if I'm going to marry someone, it it's under the understanding that, hey, like this person is going to be able to take care of themselves as well as, as I can take care of myself. We come together and really it's not about anything but extending the happiness we have for ourselves to each other and trying to share a life experience with one another. And so that, I guess that uh, Disney, that ain't even a Disney marriage idea because Disney's like, you fall in love with a girl and you live happily ever after. But I think now um, what, what you're seeing is men aren't wanting to do it, you know, and, and I'm the type of guy, I will literally walk away from a relationship to save me from going down that road. I don't believe in allowing anyone to push me into a narrative that I don't want because I don't really care. I never believed that I was going to marry. I never thought I would have a child. I never thought I was going to do those things. I did them. I have those experiences. I am a father. And even as a father, I suffer. A lot of men have men like myself to look at and go, do I really want that experience? Do I really want to marry someone? And then watch them jump out the window and then now have to suffer through someone going off, remarrying, having other kids. And then what do you do? For me, I knew I wasn't going to have any more kids because once I married my ex-wife, that was the person that I wanted to have my children with. The moment that we were divorced, the moment she went on and had other kids, it was like, that's it. I'm out. I, I don't this concept that Americans are in this blended family. That crap works because society needs us to keep pumping out kids because the birth rate continues to fall. But my values are just like, look, I married this person. And even though we're divorced, that's the person that I it, it's an it's an odd thought process. But it's like that's the person I can have children with. And since we're not going to have any more children, I ain't having no more children. And it's just that simple for me. But the the in this thinking out loud, it's it's really about how does marriage fit in the society? And you have two different onsets. One of the things that I noticed from women is women, I have a lot of female friends and every one of them does the same thing. Women do not really want to have this conversation. Really, women don't even want to really have the true conversation about relationships. And that's the problem. If women are not willing to be receptive to how men see the world or how men think, then they're never going to get the inside view about how they're going to get themselves to marriage. And then at the same time, men have to be willing to hear a woman and, and kind of understand where her mind is. Because, you know, a lot of times women worry about stability, worry about these certain things. But what I notice is you have women who think that they're trying to secure their spot with marriage. And I think a lot of women push for it too soon. You need to go out in the world and you need to have a good time because when you take that covenant up, now you, your life kind of shifts. I'm not saying like stop having fun. I'm not saying that you should give up certain things. 
but this is the truth about marriage. There is an element of sacrifice when you marry. When you say, this is my person and I'm going to make a life with this person, there's certain elements of your life you will have to sacrifice. If you have children, you take that to the next step. I can't just get up tomorrow and decide, you know what, I want to drive to Tampa. I'm, I got to let people know like, yo, I'm doing this, you know, just in case because I have a nine-year-old who, who may need something. You know what I mean? I can't just disappear. That type of responsibility for some people can be too much to bear. And I think some people get it wrong in that. And so when you talk about children, because in the end, marriages produce them, I think people lose the sight of the marriage in the first place. Marriage is between two people. And I, and I kind of had lost, for a minute when I got divorced, I lost sight because I put all my eggs on my son. I was like, I'm going to focus on him, try to be the best dad ever. And I really lost sight of myself. You can't do that because this is why marriages fail. You'll have people married for 20 years. As soon as the kids go off to college, boom, they're getting a divorce. Why? Because when you're married and you have kids, you, you're, it ain't about you, really. You, you, you're people who are spontaneous, and I love a spontaneous woman. I I love a spontaneous. It's sexy. It's engaging. It's passionate. It's connective. But when you get married and you have kids, you got to schedule sex. You got to schedule these things. You can't just think that you're just going to always roll out of bed and boom, we're going to have sexy time because it doesn't work that way. And the least amount of time you spend together, the less you're connected, the less time you're being intimate as far as just intimacy. I don't just mean sex. I mean like having dinner together, taking walks together, whatever you do, you lose that intimacy. And then the last pillar is sex. The less time you're actually having sex, the more disconnected you become. And then that's when people start to live two separate lives in one marriage. And so why, as someone who is a millennial, who is seeing a progressive world, why would I sign up for that? Once again, I literally assess the risk I put down all the chips. I'm the one fronting the risk. And I'm the one who has everything to lose. Everything. If this doesn't go well, I could be out on my ass having to take care of a family while you get to go off in life and try again. And that's what I that's, that's what I don't get. Now, at the same time, there's plenty of guys who just have left women high and dry. I'm speaking from my experience. Um but really, it's the thought process. If we're going to get to a place where marriages thrive, where women are not initiating the most divorces, if we're going to get to a place where people feel connected and when they start to feel disconnected, they realign themselves, they recenter. I just noticed like just being in relationships and just dealing when something comes off the tracks, people don't want to have that tough conversation. I live for them. I love them. Let's talk. Let's figure it out. Let's get dirty. Let's get messy. Because in the end, if I'm with you, this is I'm fighting for you. I love you from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. And I think where marriages become lost is that person stops fighting for that other person. And it's it's kind of like I, I told someone recently is a lot of people see love and love is a feeling. But love starts out as a feeling. When love is personified, love becomes an action. I can tell someone that I love them, but it doesn't mean that it garners or gains trust. Because at the end of the day, 
you know, I heard someone say this best, like, you can love me, you can feel that way, and feelings come and they go, but I respect loyalty because you know that person you can trust, and they respect you, and they're never going to do anything to hurt you intentionally. We may get, things may get thrown off, but there will always be that human element to where that person will come back and stand up and, and be responsible for their actions and hold themselves accountable. Love doesn't do that. Love, love, love starts off as a feeling and it's supposed to grow into an action because in a marriage, two people are supposed to be constantly pouring into one another. Two people are supposed to be constantly driving toward each other with all their might. If I feel you turning away, I'm driving harder to pull you back into the center space. As I like to say, it's four walls, it's one table, two chairs, it's us. And people lit a lot of elements that stops becoming four walls. They start letting somebody pull up a chair. And now that's not a conducive relationship for two people. And so now a person has split themselves. And now they're not committed to this relationship as they need to. Because now the love that was personified, the love that was action, where someone was constantly showing their partner that they loved them, now becomes that feeling again. And once it be, once love goes from a feeling to an action and then back to a feeling, it's like someone told me um, when I was going through divorce, when all you feel of love is memories, you have to you, you have nothing to speak for of now, then it's over. It's time for you to move on. If you have to recall love by memories, it is no longer a situation where you are going to get what you want. You're not. And so ultimately, um, the thought process here in the marriage contract is it's really centered around those two questions. Hey, you know, do we need it? What does it really do? Does it, you know, I mean, it's pretty simple. I'm making a commitment to you, but I mean, <laughs> people take vows for richer, for poor, for sickness, for health death to us part like what does that mean when people aren't willing to honor those commitments because they can just run off to the court and just get a divorce it's an insane um situation it's the same world that we live in and how do people expect relationships to thrive when you can dispose of them easily that right there is the question we have we have we all want to be loved we all want to have that person who sees us for our best self, even in our worst moments. But hell, are we willing to fight? <laughs> are we willing to, to to run to the wall for that? I don't see it in relationships these days. I see as soon as a person doesn't get what they want, the person starts to immediately pull back. Love personified goes back to love being a feeling. It's not an action anymore. It's a feeling. So how do we win on that? What do we do? How do we, I guess, make marriage important again? Let's figure it out in the marriage contract. Yeah. All right. So I'm giving you the thinking out loud. Just kind of try to get you started with, you know, do we think marriage is outdated? <laughs> is there a need for it anymore? And so we're here. This is the marriage contract. And to really, to look at it, you have to start with what I just said, the marriage contract. Like, 
let's think about why it exists. And <laughs> its existence, like I said before, part of it was to share accumulated wealth, to grow, you know, if, if you know, my son, if, if I want him to be in the best situation, I work hard, we have a certain amount of wealth. I want him to be with a woman that he's going to be able to have, you know, bear children with. But at the same time, they're going to come from wealth as well. So it sets them up for a future and it allows the bloodlines to continue to grow. Now, when we look at U.S. history <laughs> and we look at, you know, you know, around 1927 and we think about and, and probably was even before that in the 1800s, you know, the thought process was we got to create this system so that black people can't marry white people and steal the wealth from white people and so when you look at when you look at the fabric of america it's just funny that everything you talk about always leads back into racism always leads back into this racial component of we have to stop these people because they're going to take everything from us and you know, of course, you have black people, you know, when you think 1921, you're thinking Tulsa, you know, just tragedy. But, you know, you had Black Wall Street. You had things that were um, booming. I'm thinking, what, 1923, you have Rosewood. So you have communities where black people are marrying within each other. And those marriage rates were high. They were the highest they ever been. As soon as integration happens marriage starts to plummet then you have <laughs> i've got to give him credit on this even though it's not you know it, it is important you got to give you got to give ronald reagan his due then you introduce crack into the communities and just 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 send all the male figures to jail well how can there be marriages how can there be father figures there can't be they're all locked up or they're dead and so when you think about i'm just kind of taking you loosely through <laughs> maybe the last 100 years in history, the marriage contract was that stopgap to keep blacks and whites separate. Then you, then you think of, um, you know, the, the loving, um, the loving case. And you think of them and, and interracial marriage. Like if I would have never been able to marry my ex-wife, have my son without the these brave, this brave couple, the lovings that actually, you know, just lived in their truth. And so when you think of the marriage contract, like I like I said at the, the top of this, I just don't <laughs> I'm sorry. I do not believe that the state needs to be involved with the matters of how you run your home. The state is already collecting property taxes for your property. They don't, to me, where they stop is the door. And marriage gives them the right inside your house. It gives them the right to your house. You know, like I said, family court is billion dollar business. And it's crazy. And a lot of Americans don't think about it because we're steeped in tradition. The one thing about the human experience is we are born into this world without an instruction manual. Then people raise you <laughs> to the best of their ability and they raise you with broken thought processes. And a lot of times, like, you can't challenge the narrative. Like, me growing up, I couldn't challenge the narrative of how my parents saw the world. Like, ooh, that was taboo for me to 
ask questions about things that matter to me or I was wondering about. Ooh, and, and part of that is because the parent experience is there's going to come a point where your child asks you a question in which you have no prepared statement for. You don't know. Do you have the grace to say you don't know or will you try to think because you're a parent, you know everything? So I think there's a lot of traditionalism when you think of the marriage contract. And when you think of millennials, millennials have literally tipped that and tilted it and put it on its head and say, we don't care. Not important to us. You know what I mean? And so there are a lot of millennials who have no issue just having children living their life and not really making that commitment. And um, it's for a few different reasons. Some people just are kind of like me and don't believe that it's really needed. It's an antiquated um, equation. And then there are others who kind of like how I was when I was going to get married. I need to be financially in a place where I believe that this is the right commitment because finances are a part of it. People try to act like, oh, no, finances are a central part of it. That's one of the main reasons people get divorced because of finances. And so the marriage contract to me is just become this thing (laughs) <laughs> to me, it's just an oxymoron. It, it really is something that does not fit in the space because, like I said, when you look at the state, I'll give you up to my door, but I'm not going to allow you to now, you not, you already control the property of which my house sits on. Once I marry, I allow you not only control the property, but the house as well. And then you you effectively become my landlord and I become your tenant and you can choose how this works, which is insane to me. So we went from, we went from in history, the marriage contract bonding two families together to make the next generation, you know, strengthen bloodlines, um, secure wealth. And then we went into this racial component where we're like, we're afraid these people are going to take from us. So we allowed fear to create a whole new revenue stream that doesn't give us anything. That revenue stream is the state. (laughs) You got states getting funded every year by people's divorces because it's kind of like how I see child support. Why can't I have a conversation? Like, that's the thing about me and my ex-wife. We do this wonderfully. Like, why can't I have a conversation with her and make sure everything is secure and pay for what I need to for my son? Why do I need to take my money, hand it to the state, let them hold on to it, let them pass it through a high interest savings account or whatever types of investment accounts they pass it through to collect some dividends or interest off of it and then put it to some, like, that's dumb. Now, I understand why the program exists because you got some people who won't do their part. So you have to have that intermediate. You have to have that mediator to make sure that people stay on track. Okay, it's like while we have law enforcement, you got to have people to protect and serve. You got to have people to lock the bad guys up. But the marriage contract has become the norm where the women, we look at women as frail and women should get everything. But you got women who are making more than men easily these days. And like I said, for me, if the marriage, if if women want marriages to be more pronounced or more of them to happen, then they're going to have to see that part of equality. They're going to have to step into the light and be willing to lose. You know, it can't be one of these things where you just think because you're the mom, you're going to get the kid. 
The reason why that was created, those laws were created, was because back in that time, a man worked and a woman didn't. A woman attempt. Um, let me say this right. A woman worked because being at home is a job. Tending to children, tending to a house is a job. But a man went out and left his home to bring money into the home. So a woman was the child rearer. She was the one with the children predominantly most of the time. So it made sense in that time. How is it 2021 and we have not revisited that and we still run our society by that old notion? That's exactly why divorce is high. And the crazy thing about it, because <laughs> um, really what I'm talking about, they don't really correlate. And I'm wrong. It is not why divorce is high. It's why marriages are becoming lower and lower and they're not happening. That's the right statement because divorces are not initiated by men at the high rates. It's initiated by women. And a lot of times women get into a marriage and they're not ready for what a marriage bears. It's like I, like I told you in thinking out loud, love starts as a feeling. When it's personified, it becomes an action. Well, women are taught when they're itty bitty little girls that the wedding is what you want. You want this magical wedding day to get married. And marriage is the afterthought. But guess what, baby? You got to live through that marriage. And the thing is, the women who are teaching you these thought processes, some of them stayed in marriages for 20 plus years, getting beat, <laughs> um, having a man have outside children. So it's all hypocrisy. You know, the whole point of why we're doing this is love, right? We're in more, we're in this free time where we're not doing it just to secure wealth. You know, that's partly part of it, but that's not the first reason. I'm choosing to marry you because I love you and I want to commit my life to you. That's that's the way we do this, but it's all backwards. So there are a lot of moms who have, and I'll I'll just say parents, there are a lot of parents who've done a disservice to their girls because they've taught them all about their wedding day, but they've never prepared them for how a marriage is. You can't prepare them. Um, you can't prepare them for marriage in which you apply your practical application because it ain't working. They don't know you're getting beat on. They don't know he's cheating on you until they grow up one day and start paying attention and see that that's happening. Not to say every marriage is like that. Marriage is tough because, like I said, it's two people literally in the middle of an ocean on one boat with two oars and the goal is to be synchronized so that we are moving forward but when we lose synchronicity i'm i'm paddling one way you're paddling another and what we're doing is we're going nowhere to the point where one or both of us reaches frustration and what happens we jump out the boat <laughs> you know what i mean like and, and that's what i mean around um the marriage contract, when you think about it, it contract is the most important word in it. It was a contract. And that contract, when you think contracts, you think money. And so it's money, it's property. You're putting your future earnings and, and just capabilities on the line for love. I don't really, you know, after going through marriage and then being divorced, I'm like, that was the dumbest thing you've ever done. Like I've made some dumb money decisions. I've I've screwed up my credit before, fixed it, but I'll never make dumb money decisions like that again because 
you wouldn't bet the house on a situation that comes with strings that can literally lose you the house. If you're going to bet the house, it's going to be on pretty much of a sure bet. Like this is, I got three quarters of a chance to bring this home. Not a quarter of a chance, not, not even a quarter, a 16th of a chance, but I'm going to bet it all. Like who does that? Not a smart person, but men are signing up for it. And men are doing it less because they figured it out. They've gone, why marry and and lose? And then I think the perfect examples is these celebrities. You look at Dr. Dre having to pay out almost a million a month. I think it's like $300,000 a month to his ex-wife and then a million dollars of her court fees. Uh, You look at Bill Gates. You look at Jeff Bezos. Now you look at Elon Musk. You know, you talk about these rich men who, you know, literally now i don't i don't knock women who they have to split because if the women like bill gates and jeff bezos if those women were in there for the inception of the business then they helped they deserve it but just think about somebody who marries somebody and they set you up for the trap okay you know (laughs) money is something that can drive a person mad it can drive a person to, to hurt people And I think the marriage contract is so tipped toward uh, women that the way men have learned and kind of adapted is they're they're taking their ball and going home. They're not going to participate in this action, leaving women at the altar. I've heard all kinds of stories. I (laughs) I love it because there's a better way to do this. We We can get the marriage contract back on track if women are willing to step into the light and concede certain things. Because to me, parent parenting is a 50-50 partnership. You can't get mad because you have a child with somebody and now you don't want to see their face, so you don't want to deal with them. So you keep the kids from them. Like, that's, that's a load of crap. And a lot of people like to say, oh, that's the baby mama drama. Well, there are marriages that happen where women circumvent the system to keep a man, a, a, a father, away from his children. Children that he's paying for school, paying for the house they stay in, the food that goes in their mouth, the clothes that goes on their back. And people are like, oh, well, you know, I mean, she's just crazy. No, 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 no. It's society's way of entitlement. We love, like, as a millennial, I hear people talk about how lazy millennials are. I'm not lazy. And I know a lot of millennials aren't lazy. What millennials are sick of is this traditionalism bullshit That's what's wrong with this country is that people live in yesterday. No, fool. Let's live in the day. Okay. My grandmothers work for a factory or work for a company and get a pension. I don't get a pension. I was, I would never came into the job force where a pension was available. The only jobs that give pensions now would be what freaking the sports leagues, cops, you know, probably, you know, that. Hell, nurses don't even get a pension. Nurses, doctor, you're you're getting a 401k. So that's my point is society loves to turn it on its head because ultimately society is feeding itself. It's feeding the machine. And it's, and it's, it's bullshit. There has to be concessions for the marriage contract to work and for marriages to work again. Okay? And it has to come back to we are strengthening together. We are strengthening our property, our wealth, 
and that's one. And if we should have to divide, then this is how things will be divided. Children is a 50-50 joint venture. It's not a 60-40. It's not a 70-30 unless one side needs it to be slided that way. It just just isn't assumed that because you're the mother that you get a 90-10 relationship and the father just has to run around your needs. No, both sides have to work together. It's parenthood. And that's why we've moved into this new place where people are like, oh, it's the blended family. And I just wanted to have a bunch of kids. And I'm like, no, no, no. What do you tell kids from that experience that have a bunch of half brothers and sisters? They're their brothers and sisters, you know? But at the same time, it's like now, like I look at my son's life. He, his brothers and sisters, they got to see me at Christmas. They got to see me around a birthday. They may not want to see me. I don't care if they want to see me, but at the end of the day, I'm there for my son. And and some people have no issue with that, but I do, because I just don't like the experience. Now, I deal with it because I have to, have no choice, okay? Because of the decisions I made, this is where I'm at. But like I said, in society, the marriage contract isn't working for all the history and for everything that has allowed us to get to the point of the, the freedom of choices has also allowed us the freedom of the consequences. Like people are facing hardcore consequences because they didn't think about, damn, well, my actions, what did it lead to? And it ain't leading to the best things. We're not all winning here. We're not all getting what we want out of it. And a lot of men aren't. That's why men have taken their ball and go home. And women are begging men, oh, just, I don't understand why you're thinking that you're acting like a little boy. First of all, women, if you're listening to this, understand, I'm, I'm about to just tell this. You have a very bad habit of dismissing men's concerns, feelings, or emotions. That's where you lose. For me, there was someone I could possibly marry. As soon as she did that, she lost any part of the table. It wasn't like, oh, no, you're done. You will never you will never be able to receive my last name. Never. Because guess what? If you can dismiss me now, you were taught in a world that I'm not supposed to have emotion. I'm not supposed to cry. I'm not supposed to have moments where I doubt myself. If I'm a man, I'm strong. I'm a provider. I figure stuff out, kick doors. I build stuff with one hand. <laughs> like I said before, if we want marriages to work, we have to stop the traditional bullshit where we put traditional roles and we say, I want you to stay home or I want you to be a hunter provider. We live in this multicultural type of place and we do live in this fast pace as we call it melting. But we have to think more progressively about this. Everybody has a role. Everybody has a part here and let's figure it out together so we can get to the place we ultimately want to. We can't get there if we can't be honest with each other. And we're just lying to one another. That's why a lot of marriages don't work because it's like, I expect you to be this and you expect me to be that. But neither one of us ever set clear expectations with one another. Our expectations are from ESP. In my head, I'm like, she's supposed to do this. Did you ever ask her? Did you ever sit down and tell her? No. Well, how the hell do you want her to get there? Marriage contract doesn't work because we're running off the traditionalism that we were taught. It's, it's kind of like one of the examples I talk about with killing traditionalism is starting your own traditions. You know, for Christmas, people are used to waking up at a time, everybody opening gifts at one time. I don't really do that. My son, the only tradition that we really have is he'll start his day, he'll spend Christmas Eve with his grandparents and his mom, and then she'll bring him to me around midday on Christmas. And we'll open presents, and that's cool. 
doesn't really matter to me. It's it's cool to see him open presents, but I love Christmas as just a month of December in the spirit of it, doing kind acts for people, having a good time. And the way we tilt the tradition on its head is we don't cook. We go to, to a restaurant and we go see a movie. And that's the tradition we made to knock traditionalism on its head. If we want the marriage contract to work in this country, we're going to have to tip it on its head. And one of the first concessions is going to have to be women not thinking they have a right to just take everything. Because they're, they're men, most good men are going to want to make sure the mother of their child is good. Because I know, because I grew up in a home where my mom wasn't good. So she took out a lot of aggression on me and my sister. So I know, just like what I've done at times to make my ex-wife's life easier is, if her mind ain't right, my son's mind ain't going to be right. Because now he's going to be in a, in a spin cycle. So ladies, you want to get married? You got to listen to the jam message. And ultimately, you're going to have to be equal in, in how it works. It requires the joint venture. It requires the 50-50. Just because you're the mom doesn't give you a 50-51-49. No, no, no. Okay? 50-50. And you're going to get married more. At the same time, when it comes to money, if you want to take a bunch of people's money or you want to set people up for the trap, a lot of men are just not going to do that. Okay? And then at the same time, if I married, just like when I married my ex-wife, I married for life. I was done. Once I knew she was my person, I'm like, I don't need, fuck all these other hoes. <laughs> they don't mean shit. And women aren't in that same mindset because women have chased marriage for so long that they don't understand. They're only really ready for the wedding day. They're not ready for the marriage because love is a feeling. It is not an action. And for the women who get it right and the men who get it right, you see those marriages are successful, even through the worst of worst, because that's how the vows work. It doesn't say that when you get married to someone, it's going to be easy peasy and shit's going to go great. There are not going to be rough patches. There will be rough patches. But that that action of saying we're in this boat together and we need to look at each other and communicate and say, which way are we rowing this damn boat? That's the action. That is love personified. You cannot have love personified if you're just doing it off a of feeling. And you can't have a successful marriage contract if it's not a joint venture. If one side wields the most power and has the most power, the other side, and that's the evolution of man at 2021, is we're going to take our ball and we're going to go home. And this conversation may sound like, oh, he's just sounding like a man. I'm actually dropping knowledge. You want to have a successful marriage, you want to get married, you want to have a man marry you, then you're going to have to come to terms with the expectations and you're going to have to set clear expectations so that your man knows what you want and that he knows what you want. That requires a level of intimacy where you're talking and you're being vulnerable. I live in a world where I don't see that type of vulnerability. Everyone's afraid to be vulnerable, so everyone hides. I get it because I don't want to be that vulnerable with somebody either. Because I don't want them to drop them, drop me on my head because I seek reciprocity. No, I have not been loved by anybody in this world the way that I love them. As far as when it comes to a relationship, I won't say like friends. And that's that's what we're missing. You know what I mean? That's what we're missing. But a lot of guys have to understand, you also got to find the woman that wants you. 
a lot of men are reaching up. <laughs> You're reaching up for a chick who seeks attention and validation. You can get your heart broken. So, marriage contract. Yeah, we can fix it. We can fix the birth rate, but it requires people to dig in and stop being disposable about relationship and actually be connected. What is the why comes next? All right. What is the why? You know, we kind of walk through <laughs> marriage contract. I feel like this episode will be a bit controversial, but I want to remind you that it is from a man's point of view, because I am a man. That is a fact. And, um, you know, I try to really separate the feelings from how I seek logic or how I seek to get to the place that we need to get to, you know? And um, so in that why, you know, part of like what I talked about in the opening and it kind of even made it into the marriage contract is children, children, you know, I mean, part of marriage usually comes dun, 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 children. And so that's a lot of responsibility to bring people into the, to this earth who didn't ask to be brought here. And so your bullshit or whatever you're going through and how your marriage is, isn't moving in the way you need to affects them because their identity is wrapped up in both the mom and the dad. And so when you see these divorces and then moms, you know, you know, and it's, we can, we can explain this without bringing emotion or feeling into it. Rather it's, you know, the divorce happens, the mom keeps the house, dad has to move out and they're working it. But then it's like the mom's going to get more of the physical custody than the dad. And all those things have effects. You're not seeing your children all the time or connected to them. Then there's certain things I, I know as an example of, of how my life works is I've had plenty of opportunities to go move and make money somewhere else and be in way cooler experiences than being in the city I'm in. But my my relationship with my son comes one over anything. I will dig a ditch. I will put on a clown outfit. I don't I will work meaningless jobs to make sure that his experience is good and that I am in his life, that I don't miss the soccer game that I'm going to tomorrow. And I don't miss certain things that he does in school. I am his dad and I am one part of two that instills confidence, builds self-worth, instills, you know, life into this child. And I have to understand that responsibility. And what I feel is when, when divorce gets put on the table, now it's like this, <laughs> it's this all out war and children are not, they're no longer seen as children. They are seen as possessions. And it's a dangerous, that's a dangerous battle to be in. And so you have a lot of men, specifically millennial men, who don't even care about marriage because they see it as the ultimate risk, as I've said before, and they're not willing to risk that. You you have a man who is willing to have a child with a woman out of wedlock, which is a ultimate risk as well. And they'll do it gladly numerous times instead of be married and do it and then get divorced because ultimately they don't understand the rights that they basically refuse by not being married because you can't retain them. 
you don't even have a you don't even have a voice in this. It's just like this is the process. This is what we're gonna do. So kind of is what it is. And it, that, that's just crazy to me. But people don't want to go through just the horrible steps in a divorce. So as I've said, and I talked about it, you know, in the last segment with the marriage contract, from everything that I'm telling you, the system's antiquated. System needs an injection of life. It needs to be restarted. It's like it's on life support. And we as people have to push our government to kind of look at these laws and change them. Because <laughs> there are a lot of marriages that could have happened that won't happen because men have taken their ball and they've gone home. And for the people who are in a marriage that could be leading to divorce, you have women who didn't understand like, oh, this for sickness, for health. And, and, you know, let's take emotion out of it too. There's some times where, as I told a friend the other day, relationships, they're, the easiest way to say it is, Every relationship has a possibility of an expiration date. Every relationship. Um, when you when I look at a friendship, friends that I had in high school, I don't talk to them the way that I talk to friends I made in life. Doesn't mean that they're not my friend. It just means that a certain part of our life's connectivity had an expiration date. There are marriages that have expiration dates. There are relationships that have expiration dates. We as human beings don't like that. Because we're a connective spirit, but yet we are in the craziest time where that connectedness is disposable. We're not really connecting the way we're, we're meant to. We're not following the, I guess you could say, the algorithm of how life is supposed to be. And part of it is, is like I talked about, before, traditionalism. And the reason why it's traditionalism is you were taught to do this this way and this way. Why? I'm a, I'm a child of why. I asked why. I was told to shut up. Because every generation that came before my generation only asked the question of how. How am I supposed to do it? Because they literally looked at their parents as the source of information and they went, okay, so how do I do it? Let me take notes. And I was the person to ask both how and why. How am I supposed to do it? And then why do I have to do it? And when I hit that why, it was like, shut up. <laughs> do not ask why. Just do it. And now what do we learn? Like one of the, the biggest fallacies that I love is milk. When I was a kid, drink milk makes you strong, makes your bones strong. Now we learn you ain't supposed to be drinking cow's milk at all. <laughs> when you look at most of the world, 75% of the world is lactose intolerant. Why? Well, one, cows ain't cows no more because they've been hybridized. But two, you ain't supposed to be drinking cow's milk. <laughs> there you go, people. Ding, ding. So when you look at life and go, everything that I was taught could be a part of a lie or a part of propaganda pitched up for me to do certain things. What am I supposed to do? That's where a lot of people lose their mind. That's where some men have decided. Like, I, I know one of my friends, I'll leave him nameless. We were talking about marriage one time and he's like, I would love to be married. I want to be with one person. He said, and I could date somebody forever. He said, but I will never marry them because I assume all the risk. And he's like, and then if we have children, then my risk triples. You know, he said, because now I'm not, a, not only worried about my child's safety, 
I can't be the parent I need to be in balance if we get divorced because I'm not in the house. So I can't see everything. I can only control what happens in my house. I can't control when they're in the mom's house. And that's, that is a, a part of divorce that I'll tell you sucks. You know, I, I know early on when me and my ex-wife got divorced, I was very, I wouldn't say critical because my critiques are not critical. They are um, alarm. They're, they're, they're a warning system. I am alerting you to what you should be paying attention to. And it was like my ex-wife would see me as like a dad or like just this annoying ex-husband. And it's like, I'm telling you what you need to know so you don't fuck up. And hey, I had to learn that people have to fuck up. People have to learn their fuck ups on their own. You can't shield them from it. But all I was worried about is my son's experience. Because it shouldn't, children shouldn't have to go through these shitty experiences because parents aren't willing to be mature. That's one of the reasons why I, I couldn't, I won't have more children. I don't, I can't do marriage because when you have a child, it's time for you to grow the fuck up completely. If you don't know how to do it, you better learn how to do it because now you have to sacrifice certain things for the betterment of the child. One, nobody on the planet earth asked to be here. So once we take up that oath and we become parents, we got to do it better than what was given to us. And I see a lot of people who just say, fuck it. And they decide they don't want to do that. So if we say that the system's antiquated and traditionalism is wrecking how we think and society is so disposable, then why do people believe that when they have children, using those old antiquated systems to protect them is the way to go? That's not the way to go. The, it, it's all about the child's experience and what is best for the child. It ain't what's best for me. It ain't what's best for my ex-wife. It's what's best for my son. And so when you look at marriage in by the state, it's robbery. It's a billion-dollar business for marriage and divorce. Billion-dollar business. Family court, billion-dollar business. Look it up. They're literally robbing you. Like I said, they already got you on property taxes, okay? Hell, when you look at the laws in states, you become a parent. In essence, you got, you got to make your kid go to school. They don't go to school. They can charge you with neglect. So now you're not even your kid's parent. The state is. The way things are ran, it, it just boggles my mind that we, we, you know, you, it's very hard not to subscribe to it. You subscribe to it. And then when you still like me being able to step back from it and look and just see the world for what it is, it's like, this is bullshit. We're marrying each other because the world tells us that's what we need to do. Now, I, when I went to marry my ex-wife, it wasn't like that. I was madly in love. And my son, funny enough, because he's a very he's a very sweet but perceptive kid, he asked me, he said, if you had the opportunity to do it again, would you? And I said, yes. Uh, because one, I don't believe in going back in the past because you can't change it. It's one. Two, um, I love, that's the wrong way to say it. I will always love his mother. Now, am I in love with her? No. But the memories we had, the experiences we shared, I will always love her. And I, <laughs> you send me back to the times that were good, I'm going to relish them. I'm going to enjoy them. And I'm going to try to avoid the fork in the road. With the knowledge I have now, yeah. But does it mean that I could save it? No, because ultimately people are people. And when I notice in society from women, 
from a male's perspective is, is that women are ready for their wedding day, but they are not ready for their marriage because marriage is work. And when you get pissed off, you can't just throw your hands up. You have to, you can take some time, be frustrated, walk away. We all get ticked off, but you got to come back and fix it. And so, you know, one of the, one of the notes I put in here was society still sees marriage as important, but it only really matters for how you raise your child. That's it. Because when you look at the marriage contract and when you look at how it works, you could raise kids for 20 years and then the 21st year, your wife could be like, I don't really want to do this anymore. We're not connected. We're not doing anything. It's my fault we're not connected. I mean, it's our fault. We we spent so much time trying to raise these kids that sometimes we didn't remember why we were here in the first place, why we fell in love with each other, why we decided to have children. You know what I mean? You You get lost in the sauce. You get lost in having to care for human beings above yourself. And sometimes that requires you to put other people's needs before you. Another reason why I can never be married again, because I have a very bad habit of people pleasing. And I'm the type of person that will allow myself to put everyone else before me. And I learned when I went in the hospital, and almost died, that I, even then I was trying to take care of other people instead of realizing I could die. I seek reciprocity and I want it. <laughs> and the marriage contract for me does nothing to give me reciprocity. Once again, I assume all the risk. I'm playing a game, and and I'm glad that I'm going to say this. I didn't write this down. But I was thinking about, like, should I name this the marriage contract, or should I call it happy wife, happy life? And that term is a term you've always heard. Any man that gets married hears it. Controversial. It's a bullshit term. It's a term that is rooted in the traditionalism of the marriage contract in our society. It's fucking bullshit. It should die because if you're married to someone, it should be happy couple, happy life. If, if I am taking love as the feeling and trying to personify it, I am making it into an action just like you are. And we are running into each other. We are communicating. We are steering this boat together. Love is a feeling does not mean we're going to steer this boat together. And it's just that simple. We got to do better as a society, as when we teach our children of how to love themselves, but then what to expect from other people and the love that they should receive to not Think of the marriage contract as like this really scary thing, but be wise and understand that when you get into it with somebody, if it goes bad, it could be bad. You know, my son looks at my life and he sees some of, I guess, that guy who, I, I always say this, when you look at a lot of men who've been divorced, there is this walk that we all have. You know, there's some men who can jump right back on the horse like women. Most women can jump right back on that horse. Okay. A lot of men can. And I was one of those guys. I couldn't still have, I still have struggles with really connecting and, and, and really centering in with a person because it took a lot of my confidence. It took a lot of my self-worth. And at the same time, 
it took the fabric of trust for another person. So that next person shouldn't have to deal with my bullshit or my baggage. But because I have baggage, they have to to deal with it. So how am I supposed to ever get married again when I already know that the stakes are high? They're really high. You know? But if we are to do this as 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 a people, as one, it has to be happy couple, happy life. Can't be happy wife, happy life. We've centered everything that if a woman's not happy, a woman can say nope. And with that comes the consequence of massive loss. And so millennials are the first generation to fucking get it. We get it. And we're not going to play by your rules. Here's the ball. You know what? I don't even want to take the ball. You keep the fucking ball. I'm just going home. And that's what you need to remember. Like I said, Gen Z is worse than us because Gen Z sees the world for what it is. See, millennials, we were taught how, but a lot of us started asking why. These kids came up and they got Google. They didn't need your fucking how. Fuck your traditionalism. They wanted the why. And then they realized, oh shit, religion's bullshit. These people have been lying forever. They can't even give us a solid thought. They're telling us this person is this. When this person was born in a region of the world where they couldn't look like that. The whole construct of this society, Gen Z literally is kicking the shit out of it. And then when you look at COVID and what COVID has done to business, COVID has kicked the shit out of how business is constructed in this society. So my point is when you look at the marriage contract, it's one pillar of society we haven't really looked at yet, but everybody's doing it. You have men who have decided I'm not playing in this game, and you have women who are chasing a ring, chasing a ring, hoping that they can dupe a man into it, trapping him by a baby possibly, or with sex. And at the end of the day, how much am I willing to risk to to lend out my name again? I ain't willing to risk anything to lend out my name. I got my name back from my ex-wife, and I ain't trying to give it out again. I'll gladly walk in a relationship if I was connected with the person the rest of my days. But to marry, they'd have to be really special for me to assume that risk. And when I mean special, like they got to have their shit on straight and they got to be willing to lose themselves for me. And that ain't a feeling thing. That's just a me knowing. I'm not about to go to the table with all my chips and they're holding on to theirs and they don't have to. No, you're going to put some chips in or we're not going to play this game. And I don't really care. Because the way what I've learned is if you can love a person today and you really love them, you can love them tomorrow. (laughs) And they should be able to do the same thing. And if they can't, you know what? It's not meant to be. Love is not everything. Living is everything. Experiencing life. That's what we're trying to do. And so I just think that when you look at the marriage contract, it is something that I believe still matters, but the system is antiquated. So to answer the question, um, yeah, I still believe there's a need for it, but I believe that we can't actually figure out what that need is if we don't first attack the things that are not working. If we can't get rid of this traditionalistic way of life and we can't really say, okay, it's 2021, times have adapted. Women are making way more money, but women are not assuming the risk. We need joint ventures when it comes into parenting because the child's experience is important. Then we don't need to do this. 
And you know what? I don't even need to say it because men aren't doing it. Fewer and fewer marriages are being constructed because ultimately men have the stats and men are paying attention and seeing, oh, my buddy's ex-wife did this to him. I don't know if I want to get married. Because what if I run into a chick like that? It's those negative experiences that are keeping men really gun shy. And meanwhile, you have another woman willing to jump out of a marriage. It's very hard to commit yourself to one person for the rest of your days. Maybe we're not supposed to do it. Maybe we are. I don't know. But I know that if I'm willing to commit myself to one person for the rest of my days, I'm going to be pretty damn sure that we have clear expectations. And you can't have everything clear, but the expectations, the simple things that are going to keep me from going crazy, that's got to be clear. Can't just be passionate or just, oh, it'll work itself out. No, we got to know now because if we don't, then we're setting ourselves up for failure. An antiquated system can be fixed if we all turn in on it and we actually just put our heads together and we figure out how to make it better. It can be better. We just got to figure out how to make it better. And honestly, for the sake of connectedness, we owe that to ourselves. Hell, we owe it to our children and their children's children. Because ultimately, when I look at Gen Z, it's the first generation to me that scares me because they are completely selfish. And I respect it because I got some of that in me, too. You know, like I want to travel the world. I want to go to France. I want to go to Europe. I want to see things before I die. And I want to try different things. I don't want to be tied down to where I got to worry about, oh, we got to budget this and you can't do France on a whim. You got to wait. We need to save the money. Fuck that. I want to go to France. I'm going to fucking France. You know what I mean? Like I'm two weeks away from from being able to do that. (laughs) It's just that simple. And so I think Gen Z completely gets it because they're willing to really experience life and enjoy life and write their own story. They're not willing to be a part of anyone else's story. And it's funny because the marriage contract is really a center block in life that shows a generation's legacy, honestly. And millennials were the first one to kind of crack it. Truth be told, baby boomers were the first to really crack it. Because when you think of post-war war, when you think of women going into the workplace, divorces started. You know, before there wasn't, divorces weren't like that. Divorces started. You had single parent homes. Ronald Reagan, crack epidemic, at least for black people. Um, You had those kind of things and it kind of changed the dynamic of the family structure. Once we started getting away from the family structure, it was very hard to walk it back because now the family structure became disposable. Oh, I can get a divorce. Oh, you live with your mom. I'll see you in the summer. I'll see you around Christmas. So now you're not seeing your kids six months out of the year. And then you just show up with toys and yay. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No amount of gifts or toys matter more than T-I-M-E, time. Time is the precious resource we all dispose of in many different ways. You don't get it back. And a center block of children's life is the time you spend with them. Not only discipline or structure, but it's the time you spend with them. So can we take an antiquated system, make it better? Yeah, I pray we can. I pray we somebody figures it out. Because, man, if we can't figure this out, we're screwed. Because the, the the species as we know it, it'll be, I don't know what movie it was where it's like nobody was having babies anymore. And then that was it. That's what's going to happen. 
Yeah, there are plenty of people to have babies out of wedlock. Yeah, there's always going to be people who are poor who are going to produce children. But it's not the rate of how they produce. It's not going to keep up. You need people who are thriving to produce children. Not people who are poor. We've already seen in society. The dumb people who are allowed to procreate, it's not good for society. And so as I finish this, what is the why? The why, why are we still struggling as a society to understand the power of marriage and the power of divorce? Why are people so willing to press a button on divorce just like it doesn't matter? When it does, when it changes lives for the for drastically, not for the good. Breaks up families, pulls them apart. You know, I I I know a friend who could be going through one. And my first thought is when anybody tells me they're about to go divorce, it's like, do whatever the fuck you got to do to stay in it. Because one, you don't want to come back in these streets where I'm at. It's a fucking cesspool. People don't know how to talk. People don't know how to connect. You try to connect. People want to play hard to get. We're not in the fucking 80s anymore. If you want something, you have to go for it because time is of the essence. And I don't have a lot of patience. So if you don't get to the point where I need you to get to, I'll just walk off, (laughs) honestly. But for us to be one, we have to remember that as human beings, we need each other. No human being can do this alone. It's a connective experience. That's where marriage works. And that's where I said marriage, not the contract, because I don't believe in the contract. I believe in the marriage. It's why if I ever do it again, civil union, not allowing the state to be involved in my matters, because the state is what screws it up, because now your name becomes property of the state and anything listed under your name is now the property of the state as well. And that does not work for someone who is doing this from their heart. So think about it, ladies and gents. Are you just really pushing toward your wedding day? Are you really trying to focus on marriage? Is love to you a feeling? Or is it personified by action? It's got to be an action. It's the only way that marriages are going to work, that families are going to stay together, and that families will actually grow and thrive. We need it the birth rate is falling and i said it here look it up read it and it's going to continue to fall because a lot of us more than ever are not being loved the way we want to these days so we've given up we've walked away from it yeah that's I think that's it. I, I'm That's the call to close. And so I really hope that from my perspective, you give you some thoughts. Maybe maybe you're like, Jemima doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Fuck him. Good. That's the thought process. But really, I leave this here because marriage has done some things to my own soul. And I had to walk myself back to realize that it is a valuable thing. It is the ultimate commitment. And I still think it's sacred. I just don't want the state involved in it because the state fucks it up. Because now there's a now when you talk about your four walls and your one table and two chairs, now you've added a third chair. And this chair has the ability to rip your life apart, even without your spouse's consent. So be well, everyone. And let's figure out how we can be better and how we can be more connected. And it starts by shucking traditionalism and taking the antiquated system of marriage 
and resuscitating it into new life, into a new century, into a new time. Yeah. I would like to take the time to thank you for joining this jam talk for today. That's it. That's the end. There's no, nothing else to say. Go back to your, your regularly scheduled program. Chew knows it.